first known rules of golf were drawn up in 1744 by the gentleman golfers of Edinburgh in Leith, Scotland. Since then, the game has changed dramatically. Golf courses, equipment, and not least the rules. So where do I go when I want to learn about the rules of the game today? Well, I go to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with Blakey and Roscoe, of course. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome back for another episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. My name is Roscoe, your co-host, and joined by the Golf Rules guru himself. It's the one and only Blakey. You know him from Instagram. You know him from YouTube. If you've signed up to his newsletter, you know him from his newsletter. Blakey, welcome back to your own podcast. I, I always get a bit of a weird feeling welcoming you to your pod, what is essentially your podcast. How are you, sir? Going really well, Roscoe. Yes, uh, it's uh, three what three weeks out from Christmas. Hoping for some golf clubs under the Christmas tree. Oh, really? What sort of uh, you know, like type of? No, let's not mention brand names. Uh, but what type of golf clubs would you be hoping for? Nice uh, tin. I, I want those sort of new design that you um, uh, doesn't have a a heel to it, or uh, you know, um, the ones that you are anti shankable. Ah, uh, the uh, ones that um, will avoid the hosel at all costs. Yeah, yes. that's it. Anti-hosel, that's it, not anti-heel. Yeah, if you can make that golf club, you'd uh, you'd be uh, hitting the jackpot in a certain segment of the market because there's plenty of hosel rocket uh, jockeys out there. But unfortunately, we're not here to talk about golf clubs, Blakey. We went off track there already. We're uh, on track, and that's what we're trying to do with episode 20. Can you believe it? Episode 20. This week, we've got the golf rules questions of the week. Uh, the answer of the question from last week. We've got, uh, you're about to embark on a massive golf journey for a great cause. So we'll talk a little bit about that and how important that is to you. And then we've got some tour embroglios situations and scenarios from the tour. We'll play that. And we've got a, a young lady that's joined us with a listener question. Uh, one of your YouTube fans and followers. So uh, young Helen's got a question. We've got, do we have an Iver? I'm not sure no, if we do have an no Iver. Ivers. No Ivers, but... Um, we will. I will dedicate a little bit of time to uh, something related, not so much to an Iver, but anyway, more around the Iver type person uh, or, some, or someone of that stature. Uh, and we've got this week's golf rules question of the week uh, to then answer. Oh, ask. Sorry. So, anything else from you before we dive right in? No, let's smash it, Roscoe. Out of okay. The golf rules question of the week last week from episode nineteen. The question was. And it sort of follows on the back of the previous question. But this question was, when could you legitimately drop your ball on a green? Yes. So under... Legitimately dropping a ball on a green. Yes. And so... Not placing. No. No. There there is, uh, let's say, six times... Six times in the rules that you can legitimately drop your ball on the green, uh, all for a penalty of one. So there's no legitimate times when you can drop your ball on the green for free, uh, but you can drop your ball on the green for a penalty of at least one. Sorry, I should say at least one. And 
They are. Have you ever seen this? Uh, no, I don't believe I have. Uh, yeah, so under rule 16.1 and 16.2, which is taking penalty relief out of a bunker when your ball or you have interference with an abnormal course condition. Now, it's not going to happen that often because the, the back-on-the-line relief out of a bunker from an abnormal course condition means that part of the green would actually have to be back behind you. Now, the most famous green where this would happen would be, I'm going to get this wrong, the number wrong, but the golf course is Riviera in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it's hole number 16 with the donut green where the bunker is right in the middle of the green. Uh, so if you had a uh, had a ball in temporary water at Riviera and, you know, the pin's on one side, you could actually drop your ball outside on the green for a penalty of one uh, under Rule 16.1. And then Rule 16.2 is about dangerous animal relief. So say, let's just keep using this Riviera bunker because it's the easiest one to use. Say there's a snake in the bunker and you could proceed under 16.2 uh, from the dangerous animal condition, dropping back on line outside for a penalty of one shot. Uh, then we go to penalty area, 17.1 and 17.2. Uh, and this one is, you know, is actually quite common. Uh, we talked about the Australian, uh, I think, the Australian Golf Club, I've actually uh, been a referee when I've told the player that they could drop on the on the green on holes four, or, sorry, three, on hole three, and also on hole seven, it can happen there. And, you know, there's many other golf courses around the world that um, you can drop on the putting green when taking penalty relief from a penalty area. Seven at the Australian, the one with that sort of, island green type scenario yeah it's sort of 50 percent surrounded by water yeah and so, so if you if you hit the ball back over the back like straight over the back and the pins on the left hand side mm. uh, because it's a red penalty area dropping within two club links actually gets you onto the green i'm not sure if i mentioned it last week and the listeners will tell me if i did but i think i may have cracked the gel coat on the sponsor's boat uh, last year, if uh, anyone's anyone's uh, took ownership of that Whitley or whatever it was in the back of the back of the uh, seventh at the after the Australian Open last year, I may have cracked the gel coat when I bladed a uh, fifty-four degree wedge into the into the back of it straight over the top of that green. Anyway, I take no responsibility for parking a boat there in the back of that dam at a Australia's biggest golf tournament. Why would you have a boat there anyway? Well, it's, it's perfectly legitimate for sponsorship uh, opportunities yep. maybe we should get a boat at the back of our background bingo won't see me with a boat at the back of the background bingo now well that's that's interesting uh interested to hear anyone's feedback on what they think about that uh all the architect uh, buffs out there the the donut hole there at riviera it's you've seen players uh chip across it and all of that sort of thing which is absolutely uh as you know well, as you, maybe you don't know, maybe some people don't know that it is possible to, you know, use a lob wedge on the putting surface. It's not advisable. We're not 
not saying that that's what you should go and do and start nipping up a, a 60 degree instead of putting if you've got the the putting yips but um it actually is allowed you've seen probably shane larry do that with great effect at uh, the us open at pebble beach the other other year and so and so forth so it's an interesting hole and a donut in the middle of the green uh it perplexes me every time i see it but uh, interesting one from a snake, you know, public service announcement. If we had the public service announcement last week for my uh, ridiculous sunburn, uh, let's have a public service announcement for Australian golfers uh, with snakes. Uh, I was at Peninsula Kingswood yesterday, bumped into uh, one of the young fellas down there and he showed me a picture of a snake on the practice facility, uh, the chipping green. Uh, so beware of snakes on a golf course at this time of year, especially in Victoria. You know, it's a little bit cold, so they go away. But then as soon as it gets hot, they come back out. Uh, it was a tiger snake, about a five-foot tiger snake uh, down there. So shout out to Harry Smiles on the board down there at uh, Peninsula. He's a listener to the uh, Golf Rules Questions podcast too, Blakey. So there you go. Nice. Well, just finishing that off, uh, also under rules 19.2 and 19.3. 19.2 is an unplayable ball. So in the situation that your ball was up a tree, overhanging the green, then you could actually take a drop, a lateral relief drop, within two club lengths of the spot directly below uh, where the ball was up the tree. And if that was uh, with the, on part of the green, then you're dropping on the green. And then 19.3 is actually a two-shot penalty out of a bunker. So again, going back to Riviera, uh, you're not in a. You don't have a snake there. You don't have uh, an abnormal course condition like temporary water. You just don't want to play it from the bunker. You can go back on a line back outside the bunker for a two-shot, uh, two-stroke penalty. So those are the situations, all under penalty of one or two shots. Uh, that for episode 19, GRQOTW. Very good, because that is a rule that uh, I don't think a whole vast range of people would know. I think there's a lot of golfers out there that uh, wouldn't fully comprehend what you can and can't do out of that situation. So it's a good one. Uh, certainly, I didn't uh, really fully embrace it. I, I was aware now that you talked to me about it. But um, yeah, that's a good rule. Yeah, well, now, there'd definitely be a few penalty areas, certainly around where we live in Melbourne, um, that, uh, you know, do go really close to the green and they're shaped oddly enough that if the pin's in a certain position, you could uh, take lateral relief from the red penalty area and drop on the green. Yep, absolutely. Now, uh, once again, coming back to, you know, my silliness of not protecting myself from the sun last week, it's pertinent that we start talking about something that you're very passionate about and that's, you know, you're passionate about a number of causes, Blakey, uh, and you do a little bit of stuff for men's health, which is very, very, very important. But you will be participating in The Longest Day, which is a, a great initiative in the golf community uh, that happens every year around this time of year, uh, around December. Uh, and many golf courses now participate in that. It started with a few, group, few people in, I believe, Melbourne and started playing 72 holes in a day. It's an insane amount of golf, but the people that now are on board doing it, uh, doing it for a great cause, and that is for the Cancer Council. And you're involved, Blakey. So take us through why that is so, pa pa why you're so close to that and attached to that and what you're actually doing. Yeah, well, the Cancer Council, obviously, um, you know, trying to stop cancer, I guess, uh, you know, uh, try and have a cancer they, on their website. They've got a cancer-free world. 
Uh, so raising money for you know, all the testing um, that they need to do and all the resources that they use up in doing so. So uh, melanoma, as we know in Australia, and this is why you need to wear sunscreen, Roscoe, melanoma is a, a massive um, cause of, of death in Australia. So skin cancers, uh, you know, and we don't wish anyone to go to go through that kind of thing. So Joey Deeker and myself, my good friend Joey, uh, we're going to put ourselves through at least 72 holes of golf at uh, our home or our home club, Birragara Golf Course. So it's a nine hole course. So we've got to play each hole at least eight times. And I said to Joe yesterday, you know, it's going to be a little bit tough when we get around 36 holes and we're, we're shooting 88, 88, uh, and we've got to go another 36. Uh, you know, uh, our team name is Can I Borrow Some Bulls? So we'll definitely have plenty there. I think you go through the car park four times during a round. So, you know, we'll be able to stop by and, and grab a few extra golf balls in case we've, uh, we've lost a few down the, uh, down the Barwon River. But, you know, it's just a, it's a, a great cause and we're doing it on the 21st. So it's just, and just under two weeks and it's one of the longest days. I think technically the 14th is the longest day, but the 21st is the summer solstice. So um, that was the, uh, the original day when they, when they all started this week. Joey and I are from Dunedin and we actually, there used to be a competition in Dunedin called Horses for Courses. And this is back in the, you know, start of the 2000s and the twilight in Dunedin is just a little bit longer and they actually play four courses in one day in mainly in a two-man Ambrose and there's a bus that's arranged and you know they'll start at 5 30 and they'll go from Belmac to um, Chisholm Park to St Clair to Tyree and and finish up at Tyree at 9 30 at night and you're at it was uh, allowed about 30 groups or whatever. It was, it was a great um, thing. But, you know, we always thought, oh, how cool it would be to play uh, 72 holes in a day. So it's an ultimate test of golf. And um, Joey and I just, yeah, putting our hand up to try it and, and raise a little bit of money for Cancer Council. Very good. Well, I'll be uh, absolutely supporting you uh, fiscally uh, with a donation there. But I, I will also provide the golf balls to you, Blakey. I will sponsor the team. What's the team name again for everyone that wants to jump onto the uh, website that uh, is the longest day website for the Cancer Council? What's the team name that they can support you with? Uh, can I borrow some balls? Well, you won't have to borrow some balls because I will provide you the balls for the day. And uh, that'll be my pleasure to be able to do that. Um, we've, we've already had uh, Andrew Miller donating one of our um, stalwarts in the uh, background bingo. So uh, yeah, no, thank you very much, Roscoe. The legend uh, that is Andrew Miller and uh, his weekly obsession with the background bingo, of which you can see if you are tuning into the YouTube, and please do that. It's a growing YouTube resource of uh, all things rules. Uh, the the subscribers are growing. It's great to see uh, you getting some success and a lot more traction on the YouTube. But a couple of pictures there that everyone can look at for uh, this week's background bingo, if they can deduce that. Andrew Miller, we may as well talk about it because uh, yeah, go for it. We're going straight there. Well, well, what was what what did did he win last week? Did he get last week's right? He did. He got yours, Barwon Heads, um, just from a clubhouse, and he got mine. Uh, 
just this morning. He uh, no, no, he got uh, he got mine yesterday. It was Ariti Sands. It's one of my favourite golf courses. It's uh, it's the most southern course on the mainland of south of the South Island of New Zealand. And the but the the unfortunate thing about it, I did put an asterisk to it, is that it's no longer a golf course. It's just paddocks. Oh really? Uh, they couldn't they couldn't afford the upkeep, which was really really sad because it was an absolute true links golf you know the trees because of the wind that they get there the trees were sideways like the pine trees are, were bent over um it, absolute true links golf course and uh, i loved it when i played there in the south island stroke play about 16 years ago um but uh, unfortunately it is no longer uh, is that at that at Invercargill or is that the yeah, yeah, yep, just out of Invercargill. So there's a couple of, well, there's a few golf courses down there, but this is the one that's, uh, you can almost see the aluminium smelter um, down there. So, how many YouTube subscribers do we have to get to, uh, Blakey, before we can take uh, the Golf Rules Questions podcast on the road and go and visit these wonderful places? I want to go back to Dunedin. Uh, Dunedin, as any good Scott would know, is. Uh, really means uh, New Edinburgh and you know I, I went there and had to stop and take I was taking photos of buses because like the number 22 to Musselburgh now you only see that in Edinburgh or Dunedin uh, town little parts of the town called Leith now Leith is where golf rules were, were were drawn up Leith is a suburb in Dunedin so can we go can, how many subscribers do we need to get to before we can take it on the road that's incredible. I just, you know, you bringing back saying all these names has made me realize, you know, how close it is. Cause it, you know, there's Leith street, which goes basically straight through the university and the, and the little stream that goes down there is the Leith, Leith river or Leith, Leith Creek. I think it is. No, no, no. Well, if it's, if it is based on the, the body of water, uh, and taking its name from the body of water of the same name in Edinburgh, it'd be the water of Leith. <laughs> Well, they, no, they they would they wouldn't go that technical, but really? uh, it's de well, it's definitely Leith something. The water, well, the water of Leith, it, Leith is a famous little creek that runs basically through the whole guts of Edinburgh and comes out at the harbour there, um, and it runs just by where the rules were penned in seventeen forty four on Leith Links. Wow. Bit, well, that's as it says in the intro by that um, old Tom Morris's long distant cousin, uh, the founder of golf in that area. Um, 1744 i'm not getting that wrong again but yeah anyway we should do that dunedin i think 10,000. oh 10, you're right you are absolutely spot on thank it's you called, very much it's called the water of leith in dunedin well they they wouldn't call the bus you know the number 22 to musselburgh That's and not call it the water not call it the water of leith either so there wow. you go i would love to go to and see that part your part Ten, of the world we're gonna get we're gonna get to 10,000. we're at 3,000 at the moment 10,000. I think if we get to 5,000, we're going on the road around Victoria. And if we get to 10,000, we're going to New Zealand. Okay. And then the next challenge is after that. 100,000 to the UK. Oh, I don't think we need to wait that long. I don't need to wait that long to go to 100,000 to go to the UK. So we do Dunedin and then we do my part of the world. We do Edinburgh. Okay. That's the Hold deal. On. Dunedin and Queenstown, of course. Victoria. Dunedin and uh, the other courses of Otago, the great yep. region. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Scotland's Gulf Coast, uh, which is uh, East Lothian, which is my part of the world. There you go. Okay, good. Next, we've got a listener question. 
Listener question. Let's uh, bring up the listener question from last week's episode and a young lady. And we encourage all young ladies, A, to get into golf. It's a wonderful sport for young ladies of any age and situation, you know, whatever way you want to describe that. But girls, girls in golf is a great thing. You were going to say? Yeah, it's a great way to meet people. Um, and if you're single, possibly a partner. Okay. Well, um, the person that comes up with uh, dating on a golf course, uh, boys and girls, is a very smart man. Actually, Ollie Neve in Sydney, who works at the Moorpark Driving Range, he has more coaching clients in Sydney than anyone. And so many young girls that he's coaching up there, I reckon that's a great idea for Ollie. He could he could be the one doing dating on a golf course. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for Helen. Your question is coming right up now. Hey, Blakey. Hey, Roscoe. You mentioned point of maximum available relief last week. What does this mean and when is it applied? Wonderful question, Helen. Blakey, I throw straight back to you. Point of maximum relief, when is it applied? Yeah, so point of maximum available relief is for bunkers and putting greens. It's when the bunker is full of an abnormal course condition or full of, let's just, the most common one would be temporary water. And you can either take free relief in the bunker, but when taking free relief under 16.1, you've got to take complete relief. However, there's going to be some situations in a bunker, say, uh, where it's sloped in on the side where you can't take uh, complete relief. And so this is where point of maximum available relief comes in. So we're not going to penalize you if you take relief and then you're still standing in it or you, your ball is in slightly less amount of water. Uh, we're not going to penalise you because you couldn't take complete relief due to the circumstances, due to the conditions. So you can still take your free relief, and if you still got some kind of interference with that condition, uh, you're okay as long as you try and take the find the point of maximum available relief and then drop within the club length there. As we talked about at the start of the show, if you want to go outside the bunker, back on the line for a penalty of one, you can do so. Now, the other situation is on the putting green. And again, it might be a situation where there's a bit, there's a, a creek of water running down the green. Um, play hasn't quite been sus suspended yet. Uh, and so you want to take relief from that sort of creek of water to a, another point your nearest point of complete relief, but there is no nearest point of complete relief. The whole green is is basically got some parts of water touching it. Now, remembering that interference on your line of play does apply when your ball is on the putting green. So you work your way around in an arc and you think, okay, this has still got a little bit of water on this line, uh, but it's it's uh, it's going to do me. It's It's my best option. And that would be considered your point of a maximum available relief. So you still got interference from the condition, but due to the circumstances, as I said, uh, this is your best place to, and with the putting green, you'd be placing it with the bunker, you'd be dropping it, but this is the best place to place my ball. Even though I still have a little bit of interference, that's for max uh, point of maximum available relief thank you very much helen helen thank you very much we hope that uh helps you out when you are 
facing that situation. Now, a couple of rules, scenarios, situations, and brolios uh, from the tour. We'll crack straight into that, yeah? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the first one is uh, Tony Fina. Now, they were down at the Mayakoba. Uh, so that was just uh, last weekend's tour event, yeah. Mayakoba. Yeah. Uh, who won that? Uh, who won that? One of the young guns, Victor. Victor, and that uh, Rocket said that Victor wouldn't win again because he won the New Orleans or something, didn't he? The curse is broken. That's yeah, exactly right. But what a great young man, yeah, Victor Hoblin is. What a personable young fella. He's going to win many more times. Let's uh, play this up. Away now. You see the numbers two of eight. And it all started on Thursday on the driving range. He was hitting it good, but it was strong left to right and missed the first fairway left, and the, the confidence has been eroded. Last four fairways he's missed has been left as well. Important tee shot. Oh, boy, this is well left. Mm. Gotta be careful over the... Oh, yeah, yeah left of the cart path is just no good. We have seen a few unexpectedly find golf balls in there be able to play but that's that's deep that's really thick jungle that's exactly what he did in the tf on it first one's got an s see where that lands it's what he did in the first round with the three wood as well land on the path and went in the jungle and we'll see divisional Gotta get some trust here somewhere. Yeah, he's trying to hit a little squeeze cut. And he's, it's not cutting, but it's, it's probably gonna find the left rough. And I know he's got a short backswing, but it just, it still looks a little quick in transition to me. Now it'll really get the club set. Drop to 12, Finau, Percy, can he update us? Yeah, they have found the ball. Nelly, unfortunately, very few options, gotta take an unplayable. At 12, am I right here? A free drop for Finau? Yeah, what a break. The ball was embedded. I talked to Rico Pearson, the rules official. Took the two club links and advanced it out there into an incredible break. That's a big time break. Wow. Yeah, that was extremely lucky because if he'd had to take an unplayable and still have to pitch out, would rather have just played his provisional, but since he got the the free drop okay so we've uh, listened to the full gamut of uh, tony fino's situation there he, he plays absolute shocker hits uh hits it way 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 left it's in the deep kagari and uh not very nice but walks up there and lo and behold he gets a and not as craig perks said not a two club length relief or one club length relief gets relief free it was the, it was in the next it wasn't even in the same republic it was that far left. Yeah, it was really interesting too because it looked like quite a sandy-based course. And if your ball was embedded in the rough or fairway there from the previous stroke, uh, then you do or you are permitted to take free relief, but not if it's embedded in sand in the rough. However, the referee was there and they believed that it wasn't sand, so it was dirt uh and the player was able to take free relief within that one club length as you said roscoe so not sand not dirt. sand it has to be dirt now this is this is an argument for every referee out there 
but you know, it does does grass grow in pure sand? Mm, yeah, good question. I'm not. I'm not the um, agronomist. I'm not the agronomist here. I'm if not you're gonna if you're gonna say no, which I would lean towards, yeah, well, not, uh, not, in pure sand, then yeah. then there would be no grass around, and you could yeah you could take that uh, as being that your ball was embedded in pure sand. But if there is a bit of grass around, you'd say, okay, okay, grass doesn't grow in sand, so there has to be some kind of dirt here. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's uh, probably a relevant rule for the people that play in this area. If you can look on the YouTube and you see my hat, uh, I've got the nice little sand belt logo on this hat. Might give this hat away. If anyone wants to uh, chime in with a question, I can give this hat away. I've got a couple more too, actually. Uh, if anyone wants to, uh, to um, you can work out a little competition there, Blakey. Uh, but uh, they uh, can they can donate to the longest day. That's what they can do. The first three, the first three people that donate and and say that they've donated to Blakey's longest day. What's the name again of the team? Uh, can I borrow some balls? Can I borrow some balls? The first three people and, and say donating from the podcast. First three people will get one of these Sandbell hats. Um, now, yeah, a very relevant thing for the people of the Sandbelt to know that, you know, there's a lot of sand obviously under this under the uh, tea tree and whatever else. So basically you're saying if there's some other organic material growing in and around that area, uh, i.e. grass or vegetation, and your ball is embedded, even though it might look like sand, you may be entitled to free relief. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the easiest way, and I and I understand that we're going to have a few circumspect about that, but uh, that'll be the easiest way. It has to be in dirt, can't be in sand, and I can only say that grass doesn't grow in pure sand. Yeah. So does that come back to the ninety-five percent certainty sort of type yeah, of scenario? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You can always apply that ninety-five percent virtual certainty to uh, those situations. I mean, this one's more under the you know the reasonable action um, and and playing under that integrity and honesty. Uh, I truly believe that my ball is embedded in dirt rather than in sand. Very good. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Another fine young golfer, probably, I think, uh, might be one of the longest hitters kicking about, you know, just two big boys uh, this morning, Tony Finau and Wahi Neiman. Let's uh, have a look at what he got into. Who's missed just seven fairways on the week. Yeah, one more. And Neiman just clearing traffic ahead. He will put a provisional in play and then hope that the first one is playable so uh let's get you back down to the 12th tee where neiman will do it once more so neiman hit one into the jungle off the tee here at 12 so provisional perksy yeah he pulled that tee shot and it landed on the cart path as you all saw he likes to hit the cut and that's what he wanted don't know if they're going to find that first that took off after hitting the cart path Search for Neiman's golf ball at 12 continues. Well, you look in the dictionary under jungle, and this is exactly yeah. what you got. It's yeah. deep in there. And I'm not even sure you really want to find it with the provisional in the center of the fairway. Just accept this is the last ball and move on. Yeah, this might be one of those where take a peek and see if it's in an area where you might be able to play it and then call everybody out of there. Three minutes might help here, Justin. Yeah, 
spotted a golf ball. Yeah, I mean, you got the blue line, but uh, you get to the inside. I move. Yeah, that's it. Put it back. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. That's it, but. Yeah. Oh, you want to go out this way? Yeah, I think we, we're going that way. Might be able to try and just hit it out sideways. Rico, the Rich Pearson, the rules official, got some good eyes. He was the one I believe that spotted it first. Some surgery going on there in the left gunch. He has a clear pathway to the fairway, but obviously this is all about contact. Tough to tell, Percy, can he take the club back there? Is there that tree behind him? Or? From my vantage point, I think he can make a backswing, at least enough that he can get some momentum on the club. Advanced ball is uh, 35 yards from the fairway as he pitches out sideways. Be careful what you take away, or try to. Backwards cap. I got it out. Yeah, he did. Not entirely to the fairway, but it seems to be sitting up. So a good find in there. Fortunate to get to that ball. Okay, so Wahi naming in all sorts of uh, Kagari there. Yeah, so there's an interesting one and brought up a few little... Uh, rules situations there. Firstly, when announcing a provisional ball, uh, Joaquin said, I'm just going to hit it another ball, guys, just in case. Uh, now, saying I'm just going to hit another one is not a valid way to announce a provisional ball, but the interpretations do allow for someone to add the phrase just in case just in case it's lost basically so it's a provisional ball just in case and that was permitted and actually great to catch that on camera and have it as an example for uh, for everyone to listen to so that was number one then they did find it they found it within the three minutes and he wasn't quite sure whether it was his ball he went to touch it, move it, and the referee just quickly said, you better mark it first, put a tee down, marked it, you have to do this. You're allowed to try and identify your ball, but you've got to mark it first. So he marked it and then lifted it. Yeah, it was his ball, so you just replace it. And then the lastly, he was moving leaves and, and branches and stuff, all loose impediments, all permitted to be moved, but just... He just has to be careful not to cause his ball to move. Otherwise, he's going to incur the penalty one stroke and the ball would need to be replaced. So a few little situations there for the rules boffins like me to enjoy. Uh, but everything was co uh, done correctly. The very relevant rules, uh, very relevant situations to explain to, especially the listeners that are new, newer to competition and club competition, Saturdays, Wednesdays, whenever you do play a comp, because you know I do notice that and have noticed it in the golf journey, which is many, many more years than your golf journey. Um, <laughs> 
that people don't announce a provisional ball and and tell tell you I'm I'm going to hit a provisional. Uh, so you do have to do that correctly and effectively. Uh, the the time limit we've talked about that you know three minutes you know they had, he had the benefit of cameras and rules officials up there looking for it. Um, but the other one is marking the ball when you go to identify your ball. Now if you've played yeah, any form of sort of pennant district, any of those types of levels of competition, where well, you're very familiar with that. But, you know, really, I think a lot of club golfers just will walk in, pick the ball up, you know, and then, and they won't try and obviously do it with a way of an intent of improving the line, but they will pick it up, move it around, going, yeah, that's it. Um, but you do have to mark it. Uh, you do have to mark that if you want to play with the full integrity uh, and play by the rules. And then... Um, Obviously, the surgery uh, that they referred to there in the commentary, just be really careful when you're moving sticks and, and you can't pull out embedded stones. Unfortunately, if you've got your new, you know, blades, the shankless blades that Blakey wants on his Christmas trees, if there's an embedded ball behind your embedded ball, embedded stone behind your ball, you can't move it. You can move a loose one sitting on top, but if it's embedded, and you're going to damage your club, but then you've got to take another action. So you can't pick a stone out of the dirt. Yeah, spot on, spot on. So, uh, no, that's a, yeah, it's a really good one. And, um, you know, we see it on tour, but a lot of those rules apply, you know, every time that we play. So there's yep. nothing unusual there for, for your, your club golfer on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Saturday. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Now, no Ivers this week. No, and um, I've I've run with your uh, interpretation. Uh, no, not interpretation. Your pronunciation of Joaquin Neiman. So I'm hoping that uh, you're spot on with that. I didn't say Joaquin. You did. No, I didn't. Well, no, we're going to gonna have to run back over it. I said Wahin. Oh, Wahin. Yeah. Oh. So... I was yeah, I was already going to catch you out there. I was waiting for that to come up next week, but you've already called yourself on it. It's Joaquin. It's not Joaquin. It's Wahin. Wahin. That's what I, anyway. Prove sounds, me wrong. It sounds the same to me. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Uh, but no, Ivor, Ivor Robson, um, the Ivor's based around uh, Ivor, our listener and Ivor Robson, but uh, just failed to Peter Ellis, who passed away this week, one of the great uh, orators of the game. Uh, certainly someone that I grew up listening to playing golf, thinking about playing in the open, dreaming about playing in the open, dreaming about seeing an open course, any of those sorts of tournaments. Um, when you're a young fella, you always had the, the voice of Peter Alice in your ears. And uh, Ivor Robson, a great orator, but Peter Alice, in a commentary sense, was certainly one of the great uh, commentators of the game and influenced a lot of people, a lot of, certainly in his profession, passed away this week. So, Vale, Peter Alice. Now, this, this week's golf rules question of the week, Blakey. It's a good one. It's a long one. Yeah, you've got, you got to say it exactly how it's written too. Okay, well, I will do that. Are you ready? I am ready. You, you lie a club down for the sole purpose to determine the relief area. You then drop a ball and it bounces into your club before coming to rest outside the relief area. Is your next drop counted as your first drop or a redrop? Very good, Roscoe. I'll, I'll repeat. 
because it's a long one. You lie a club down for the sole purpose to determine the relief area. So you put your, put your club down to measure the distance, right? Yeah, measure. Yep, that's right. Yep. You then drop a ball and it bounces into your club. So you, you take a drop from the knee height, it bounces into your club before coming to rest outside the relief area. So it's going to roll, it's stopped the ball. Is your next drop counted as your first drop or a redrop? That's a good question. Great. It's a good well, question. They will have to listen in the episode twenty-one. We had, uh, we had. A, I should shout out to um, the people that do. We have, um, you know, some familiar names that answer all my golf rules questions of the week. Uh, David Greve, Fraser Nickel, Lance Parker, Jerry Bauer, of course. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I've got uh, a fair few coming and going there. So, uh, constant and uh, constant support from those familiar names, which I really appreciate. Uh, all part of the global, and they are from different parts. They're not Australians, all of them, um, but uh, all part of the global golf rules fraternity and the growing golf rules fraternity, which you are very much part of. And uh, I guess one of the young future and bright stars of, of golf rules, Blakey. Thanks. Thanks, Fisco. No, no, no worries. I'll chum you up anytime, mate, especially if it's going to get you to 5,000 YouTube followers and then 10,000 and we take this on the road. Yeah, 10,000. Um, going to need it. Choice, bro. Now, I think that's it. That's, that's it. That's very good. Well nice, done. Nicely wrapped up package. No problems. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, please, all of the feedback is wonderful. It makes us uh, want to do it again. Uh, all of your engagement, love that on the YouTube and all those other uh, Instagrams and sign up for the newsletter. Blakey's putting a lot more effort into his newsletter and uh, he's going to start punching out those. And if I say it, he will do it. Um, so sign up to the newsletter on his website there, do all that sort of great stuff. And uh, But more importantly for right now, if you wanted to do something that was really great, jump on to the uh, Cancer Council and we'll put the links in the show notes and donate to uh, Blakey's team. What's your team called again, Blakey? Can I borrow some balls, Joey and I? Joey, Joey and yourself, well done, Joey from Dunedin. And uh, if you are one of the first three people that donate and you mention the podcast, you get one of these hats. Uh, oh, background bingo. We forgot back, background bingo. Have a look at these two pictures. Uh, I just want to say uh, a shout out to a friend of mine, um, a great photographer, a great young uh, content creator from Adelaide, Stuart Kerr. Another fine Scotsman. Uh, Stuart Kerr is a great young man. He's been uh, stuck in Adelaide through COVID. He should have been traveling the world for photography, photographing and uh, making content all around the world, but he's been stuck in Adelaide doing some, some work. But he did uh, head over to uh, the Sandbelt last year. So there's a hint for this picture. I want, and I want the holes too. Oh, that's a tough one. Now yeah. for me, uh, there's an easy one for me. Um, everyone should get this one. Uh, just, just think I've got two weeks, um, competing, uh, trying to complete 72 holes of golf. Okay. Pretty easy. All right, mate. Well done. Thanks. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Thank you.